0: Broadcasting live from the Business
1: Radio X studios in Denver, Colorado, it's time for Franchise Bible Coach Radio. Now, here are your hosts. All right, everybody, welcome to the Franchise Bible Coach Radio podcast with Rick and Rob. I'm Rick Grossman, and I'll be your co-host today, along with my co-host, Rob Ganley and I'll introduce him in just a second, and he will introduce our special guest today, David Graham from, from Code Ninjas. He's the founder of Code Ninjas, and he's joining us from his headquarters in Houston, Texas today, and uh, has some exciting insights for us on their fast-growing franchise that they have uh, created. So um, folks, we're at the uh, kind of the tail end of the Fight for Your Franchise Challenge. And we just wanna say a big thank you to everybody that participated. And that goes for franchisors, franchise owners and all the vendors and suppliers. And of course, uh, our sponsors that Rob will tell us about here in a second. And a special thanks out to Entrepreneur Magazine and entrepreneur.com for supporting the franchise industry and helping us spread the word for uh, this great initiative. So uh, at the tail end of this this initiative, folks, don't fret and it's not the end of the road. We do have some options for people to continue to participate with our Facebook group, and uh, you can do that for free. And then we also have a new membership that we're excited uh, to offer franchisors and franchisees to participate and continue to uh, get some coaching and some resources and some good things, as well as sharing their insights and thoughts and questions with the industry that we love. So uh, I'll tell you more about that at the end of the show, but with no further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Rob so he can introduce our special guest. Hey, Rob.
2: Hey, Rick. It's good to be here. Uh, And yeah, I want to thank our sponsor real quick, SEO Samba. They're the creator of a -a one-of-a-kind award-winning platform called the Franchise Marketing Operating System. And you can learn more at seosamba.com. with that said, David, it's great to have you on the show. David Graham, CEO, founder of uh, uh, Code Ninjas. How are you today?
0: Doing great. Thanks for having me.
2: You got it. You got it. Well, so one of the first things we like to start with is it's an easy one, David. It kind of stems from your passion, right? So how did you wind up where you are today? Tell us a little bit about your brand, how you started it, and uh, who you serve
0: sure that is a pretty softball um thank you for that the um the brand started um kind of in, in the back of my mind as i was watching my kids uh, in taekwondo class um we were teaching adults how to code at the time in one of these nine week boot camp style things and they had nine taekwondo belts on the wall and we were you know and i had the number nine floating around you know how entrepreneurs get stuck on certain topics and ideas and that was mine for the week is like how can i how can we build this kind of and brand around nine weeks of teaching adults how to code? And then I thought, well, you know, maybe we'll do the belt system for adults. And, I, and then, you know, after just thinking about it, like adults, you won't really care about that. Um, but maybe kids would, you know, kids, I'm seeing all these kids having a great time and they love these achievements and milestones. And you know, that kind of got the idea um, brewing, let's say. Um, fast forward about three years after I'd sold that company, Um, we did like all good entrepreneurial groups and, um, took two weeks off, two solid weeks spent with the family and then started code ninjas. Uh, we didn't waste any good, any time whatsoever, move right into it. Um, at first we didn't know exactly what we wanted to do, but, um, how we wanted to implement it or what our message and brand would be. But now we've really honed in on the idea that kids have fun and parents see results We love that kind of concept so much. We wrote it on the wall of every single one of our centers. And that basic premise is uh, feeling the want of the kids to build their own video games and the need of the parents that say they want their kids to know this coding education, which is going to be so pivotal for the future. Um, I don't know if you know this, but something like 50 to 60% of the jobs that these kids today will have in in 2035, they don't even exist yet. Mm -hmm. We don't even have a title for what to call them yet. And so what we're really doing here is preparing kids for a future that is unknown. And the only way to do that is to teach kids how to think. And so at the premise of what, everything we do, we're teaching kids how to be problem solvers, how to think through a problem. And we're using code as, and video games as an excuse to get them there. That's amazing. Brilliant.
2: Yeah, it is quite brilliant, especially when you think about the, where we are in terms of the technology evolution, uh, exponential growth or change ahead with technology, right? And then you you nailed it. You hit it right on the head. It's not about what is today. It's about being able to move with the changes of the future, which will be so techni- technology-driven. <laughs> so that the idea of helping them think, you got me with that, and having two kids that spend about 10 years in martial arts uh, mm-hmm. as kids, I, I totally relate to everything you just said. So. I know Rick does, too, because he's a black belt, right? <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, I don't talk about it much. But, uh, no, I love it. I love the fact that you can rank up and you can uh, you know, kind of gain the information. Well, I love drawing the kids in with the uh, coding. I know that uh, my teenage son is, is all about video games, and that would be a great way to get him to, to learn some new skills.
0: Sure. Yeah, they're all about the games, right? I mean, so anything we can do to engage them at their level and make sure that they're excited to keep coming back. I mean, that's a business model yeah. you can build on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, David, tell us more about uh, how you guys have been kind of working through this new normal. You know, we started the Fight for Your Franchise Challenge three months ago to kind of help owners and franchise owners get through this time because we knew it was going to be rough. And, you know, we're, we're happy to say that we're, we're, uh, three months into it and we're kind of coming to the end of the French fight for your franchise challenge initiative and have had hundreds of franchisors and franchisees participate and lots of good stories of, of them, uh, innovating and coming through this time. So as a brand, how have you guys worked through this COVID-19 situation and how have you innovated and adapted?
0: Yeah. So, uh, it's, other than the obvious things like staff working from home and, you know, having the ability for virtual camps at our centers, uh, I think we have to relate to our franchisee situations more than ever. Uh, showing some empathy and bringing in a new normal um, that we live with this uncertainty that we are all very aware of, but nobody really wants to talk about it all the time. So, um you know, one of the best things we as a franchisor can do is uh, effectively communicate our new strategies, but then also be quick to change those strategies. As especially when something is so ephemeral, like so, so ephemeral, we 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 don't know what's coming. We have to be able to quick change uh, and make sure that we make uh adjust course adjustments if something isn't working, or if it is working, and we do more of it if it is, and do less of it if it isn't. And then mm-hmm. communicating that across the board is so important. And so. I think that's our new normal uh, for the next, you know, six or seven months for sure. Um, just keep course corrections, uh, giving more tools for communication and, and broadening our our base. We're very fortunate because uh, what we do can be done online. Uh, a lot of franchisors I know, I and mean, franchisees just don't have that luxury,
1: uh, so. Yeah, well and, and tell the audience a little bit more about your model as far as the you have a brick and mortar model is, is, uh, yeah, we
0: do. We have a brick and mortar or something like something around 250 brick and mortar locations in three countries. And we're in the U S Canada and the UK. So, um, that was, you know, the biggest part of our expense base, uh, is, is our retail, you know, retail space. It's, uh, we try to get in prime grade a retail. So, um the fact that we're not using it and not drawing people in and getting leads and customers through that space was was you know concerning to say the least to our franchisees so we had to switch to a virtual model give them the tools training expertise on how to implement that properly so that we continue that experience you know i don't you know we're we're sitting here in a in a virtual setting right now but i, I don't think that it would still be the It's not the same as sitting in a room together if we were talking and and just the same experience that we want to have our kids every single time they come into a Code Ninjas, it's really hard to convey that same experience online. But there's some tricks that we can do. There's little things we can can do to make it more fun, to make sure that they stay engaged. Um, They don't go, you know, chasing squirrels or shiny things, you know, like kids do. Uh, nice. It's easy. It's easy for them to get distracted. And so, what what do we can we what can we do to really hyper focus them out on the engagement level and make sure it stays fun for everybody? And so that's what we did. Um, nice. It wasn't easy. You know, we had to have many all nighters. You know, with the, yeah. with the education team pulling it together at the last second sometimes. Uh, and and then you know sometimes we did some things that weren't perfect. You know, and, and but we we did what we had to do. And and our franchisees, I got to say, uh, give them all the credit really. Not all but a lot of credit, mm-hmm. they stepped up and helped out where their expertise came in in invaluable uh, as educators and technologists, which are a large portion of our tech, of our franchisee base, they stepped up and, and helped the community as a whole as well
2: wonderful well you know and that's when I'm thinking about those numbers you shared um, it's quite a few franchisees and yeah how did you manage your your leadership style and and communications and through this last few months and did you get some input from the franchisees like how do you manage all that back and forth I'm sure there's a lot of great ideas and thoughts and
0: yeah yeah, so So if you've been a franchisor or a franchisee you know that you ask two franchisees and you get three opinions (laughs) somehow you know there's never a lack of ideas right it's always and that's great but it's also daunting to have like this influx of opinion all the time um and so we did have to set up new channels to communicate um the leadership style that i typically you know kind of just drive to is a little more strict a little more um authoritarian of sorts so i I had to practice myself at being a little better listener, like keep my mouth shut and and listen like my mom taught me. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through this experience, it really has taught me how to be a better leader and listen to what our franchisees need and an adaptive to what we think they need may not always be in the same level of experience. And so I typically, for example, would never just jump on the call. I mean, I'm, the CEO I'm usually working on the vision of the company but in this particular environment I jumped in the calls I got on support tickets I made sure to get in and talk to and and break down any red tape that I possibly could through the process because this isn't a time for bureaucracies to slow down process this is a time to every all hands on deck jump in there and make sure it gets done and so leadership styles have to change and adapt, um, to the circumstances. We can certainly go back, you know, after things, calm uh, calmed down a little bit, if that's the way we want to go back to doing it. But I, I think this is, this is also a great time to have a reawakening. The idea of what, what you were doing before and you did it right. And you just thought you did it right. This is one of those kind of times where you can break the eggs to make the cake. Right. And And, and, Take yeah. take the thing, the preconceived notions that you thought were the perfect thing and, and say, is that really the best way to do this? And yeah. so I think we're doing a lot of that too. And um and that's that's successful leadership to me too, is to be okay with saying, you know, maybe I'm not the right person to be doing all these things all the time and, and maybe I need to change the way I'm doing it.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I think you're right that uh that when you're busy and money's coming in and you have, you know, lots of stuff of the day that keeps you busy and occupied, it's easy to just kind of put your head down and keep doing what you're doing.
0: Yeah. And
1: I'm I'm talking to the franchisors as well as the franchise owners and their, their managers and staff members too, that you kind of just function. Right. Um, when we, I, as I said, at the beginning of this initiative, it's like we all were busy, but then it's like the entire world went off the cliff at the same time. Uh, overnight and so things changed and and what we've been encouraging people to do throughout the initiative is to kind of evaluate create a plan take this time to pump the brakes make you know get in dig in and and make sure that you are able to be at the highest and most efficient level or what we call the zenith level in all departments you break your business down by departments and we look at that and And we ended with leadership on purpose, uh, David, because we wanted everybody to think about the most important factor in their business, which is their leadership. And uh, as I often say, you can have a great business model and have mediocre leadership or the wrong leader, and it could suffer.
0: Sure. you gotta, you know, as the founders, sometimes, sometimes we don't want to know our baby is ugly, you know? Um, (laughs) Right. You know, and I think we get like these rose-colored glasses, look at me, how, what great thing that I built kind of, mentality. It's not ego all the time. It's sometimes it's just like pride a little yeah. bit. Yep. And um, sometimes you need to step back and say, am I, the ne- especially in a crisis situation, am I the right person to drive this new growth, this new yep. growth strategy? You got to reset, yeah. right? like l- evaluate your skills and what you're good at and then say, am- are- do those skills align with what the company still needs? And if that's no, then you got to find somebody else. Yeah. And that's a hard that's- thing to do.
1: That's, that's a great real, point,
0: real hard to hand off. Um, and so when, when we kind of did that, you know, in a way with our, <clears throat> our new studio model, you know, we were doing these brick and mortar centers for a long time, as we discussed earlier. Um, that yeah. was certainly, um, something that was very successful wide. Obviously we grew, you know, 600 and plus units over uh, a little over four years, a little under three years, excuse me. Um, yeah. You don't do that unless it's a, it's a viable model, right? Um, but coming out of COVID, we, we thought about what are our franchise, potential new franchisees going to have? What are the hurdles they're going to have to overcome? Are they going to have the same amount of money available? IRAs tanked. I, you know All these different financial instruments are going to dry up in certain areas. How are we going to get them financing for what they need to do? And how are we going to get them over their own risk tolerances for doing it? So asking somebody at pre-COVID for a two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollar investment, pretty practical. We proved that. Mm-hmm. Asking somebody post-COVID for a two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollar investment, much much harder. Just right. you know, the situation has changed the game. And so mm-hmm. now what we've done is we said, okay, studio model uh, is going to have all the successful parts and pieces for the centers except as long as you go 20 minute drive away from any of our existing centers or territories that we've sold, we'll let you set up a studio model. And that can be in a secondary space. So a a church, a college, an existing private or public school, anywhere you can rent a room that's dedicated to you. And you can put it in there and make it like a dojo, like it's in all of our centers. We want it to still be branded. We still want to have that experience for for the students. If you can come do that, then not only uh, will we let you get up for a, a reduced franchise fee because we want to get the costs lower, but if you are already one of our franchisees, we're waiving the franchise fee. We're waiving a lot of the upfront costs and requirements, letting you move some of your furniture, materials, and things into your new studio to get open faster and broaden your base of customers.
2: So hmm.
0: we gave every single one of our units that was already open a free studio just go and open it and do it and so and and that was the only reason to do that is to help our franchisees increase their customer base in such a perilous time for their organization
1: wow that's a great innovation at a time when when they really needed a boost so yeah
0: well we hope so and a lot of them took almost a hundred of our franchisees took us up on that
1: uh but
2: that's great to hear because as you said and i one of my follow-up questions was to ask you a little about your thoughts about franchise development and future. You guys have, uh, I mean, I don't know what kind of record that must be, Rick. I don't know, what, 250 units in three years? (laughs) That's a
0: pretty hefty growth. We sold 600.
2: We sold 600. 600 units, right. 250 investors, 250 franchisees. Open,
1: yeah.
2: What an amazing amount of growth. So you're, being from your view, what are your thoughts about, and I know a lot of it has to do I don't know, but what do you what do you hope happens I guess or what are you preparing for it to happen?
0: Right. Well, I think I think franchisors as a whole have a responsibility first and foremost to their existing franchisees. And you you might say, well, Dave, that's real easy for you to say now that you've got you know, <laughs> 350 franchisees and 600 sold. Right. But I think even if you're a smaller franchisor with, you know, 30 to 50 you have to redouble your efforts on supporting your franchisees first. And it has to be a sincere, honest, 100% effort in that department or the the future of your franchise is in peril. Mm-hmm. That said, I'm not going to forego n- new opportunities with new franchisees. Obviously the growth, the long-term growth of our company depends on, you know, uh, filling out those markets. Right. And so, um, I think you have to be, uh, in order to do that, I think you have to look at your preconceived notions and kind of your, the things you held close to your vest about what your brand is and how, how your brand has to grow before you gotta just go back to the drawing board and say, what what is the best way for us to continue our growth strategy without with, with negatively affecting our existing franchisees. Um, and potentially uh, opening up new opportunities that you never even thought of. You know, the, the studio idea was not something I would have done pre-COVID. We actually thought about it two years ago and decided not to do it. Wow. But now, it actually makes a lot more sense. You know, it, yep. we, we can't go into uh, Lufkin, Texas very easily with a center. We can't go into a very small town outside of the, the suburbs very easily mm-hmm. before with a center because it, the, the demographics just didn't make sense. Now, we've made a model change and a new product basically to the market so that we couldn't reach those that last mile. And I think that's, that's a awesome. that's a smart way to think about it, especially going into um, and going into this next year of, of franchise development, whatever you do, don't undermine the promises uh, of success that you did for your existing franchisees. I think that's super important. Um, you know, we could have said, oh, well, we don't have a studio or a center here, but just put one on the map, you know, dotted next to it. But, you know, with the lower expenses and lower costs next to a really high expense and high cost center, the studios would have worn out on price on a price war. You know, and and we didn't right. want to cannibalize our existing customer base mm-hmm. just to grow our unit economic, u- unit numbers. you know. Mm-hmm. Right. So,
1: that's great. That's that's what we call servant leadership. And in my book, we franchise Bible, we talk about the upside down pyramid, which is putting your franchise owners first. And it sounds like you've adopted that philosophy all the way through.
0: Yeah, definitely so. It's definitely um we we started out um, uh, you know, we didn't want to be Zeus on Olympus, you know, throwing down edicts and commands. We wanted to be shoulder to shoulder with our franchisees and help them along the path. And right. I think we do a pretty damn good job of it most yeah. of the time. Yeah.
1: Oh, I think so. I mean, you're not gonna get that kind of growth without really strong validation from your franchise owners. So obviously you guys are doing a great job with that. Uh, but we're hearing some common threads, right, Rob? I mean, we're hearing a lot of, uh, what we've heard from some of the other franchise owner which is, uh, being very transparent, communicating a lot with franchisees, taking care of the existing franchisees first and making sure they're getting through this time. And, and then, uh, as far as the future goes, uh, you know, the, 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 Adaptations, some of them you're going to keep. Some, like you said, you may go back and, and kind of revert back to the way you had it before. But a lot of these new innovations were were things that you'd been thinking about, but now's a, a good time to implement those and try do, try new things. And uh, a lot of the franchise concepts we've talked to have some really neat new innovations that uh, have come to the surface faster and and uh, now are going to be part of their franchise brands forever. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah
2: absolutely now and i you know when i think of franchising we talk about it all the time we're obviously huge believers in the concept of it and you know when i think about the the current situation in our country with so many people looking for something else a next step uh, another alternative to the job market uh you know it's great to hear people like david because you know that is the economic driver of the future is these brands these networks these really strong networks can offer people opportunity, right? Uh, where they don't have it right now. So that's encouraging to me that, that, that everybody is, is in this industry standing strong and supporting their network. Oh, wow. So that is
1: that's-, that's true. Very true. Well, David, uh, do you have a, a favorite real world customer story you could share with us like that exemplifies the franchise concept and some of the innovation that you go, you've been going through?
0: Well, um, you know, some of our franchisees going especially going into COVID, we're having some mixed results with more traditional advertising, you know, the, the um especially the event based and things like that when everything got got cancelled, you know, you gotta you gotta figure out a new way to do do your math there on your acquisitions and stuff. And so uh what we did and we we, we still feel is that the digital marketing approach was really the best way to go. Um because not only is it a lower cost of acquisition, but also because um, that's where more moms were putting their eyeballs right you got more time during the day now, um, yeah. well maybe presumably to to be on Facebook or be on online and and see your ads and and that opportunity is greater but instead of simply just saying you know everybody's required to do another thousand dollars in ad spend a month to grow out of this we we really put our money where their mouth is and and the support team stepped up and our marketing team stepped up and put our own budget together and did the largest marketing national international marketing campaign we've ever done uh direct advertising directly in the markets for our franchisees and you might have seen something about it if you did a, little, did a little bit of look up but it's basically given away 100 camps internationally uh some so far that program has come together um and, and brought in almost six thousand leads in the first week, and which was leads they wouldn't have had otherwise. So, yeah, I think that's a good example of how being in a franchise and, and building a brand together—you um, know, when that when you do that—a rising tide lifts all boats. And we we like to we like to be that tide.
1: <laughs> wow, that's a that's an amazing story. You know, we've heard of franchisors giving their franchisees kind of relief on royalties and. Things like that, but uh, it's refreshing to see because, from you talking about putting money in their pocket, I mean nothing drives uh, recovery better than driving cash flow. So that's, that's right. wonderful.
0: And we did we did do a little bit of forgiveness here and there, um, especially for struggling centers. If we if we could help out, we did. Yeah. Um, but we we also feel like the product that we're offering, luckily, very fortunately, uh, still has a viable virtual um, yeah. Marketplace for it, especially almost during this time, because yeah. kids are sitting at home with nothing better to do than and, and and parents want to get them engaged. So, I we really yeah. thought, okay, get them fundamentally okay with the shift and premise from a brick and mortar to a virtual environment. Train them, mm-hmm. understand how to do it, let them practice it a little bit, and then come out strong with a really hard back to business approach and in, in our marketing campaigns and efforts globally. So.
1: Yeah, that's a big advantage of your model because uh, a lot, like you said, mm-hmm. your model kind of lends itself to that, where like the restaurants, for instance, couldn't do that shift as well. Um, a lot Not of as easily you, for sure. Yeah. yeah. The
0: delivery guys and all
1: that. A little mm-hmm. logistically. Yeah, you know, it's a different product. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no doubt, that's uh, that's something that. Uh, and in the demand for what you do, we talked about earlier and where the world's going and the purpose of it behind helping kids think. And it's just, that's what we need. We need you know, the younger generation to be the leaders of the future and, and be ready for all this constant changes. I think this is just the beginning of what will be constant change and uh, it could be very positive changes, but just change. So it's good to hear. As we wrap up the show, David, um, I know we shared a lot of great great things right now. Um, is there, is there one, though, that you wanted to elaborate, a tip or a concept or, or a philosophy you have that you really just wanna leave with our audience? And and, um, and again, there's franchisees, fr- business owners, maybe other brands, maybe people seeking a franchise. Is there any, any advice or any tips you would wanna leave with our audience?
0: Yeah, my dad told me a long time ago, and it was a good bit of advice, um, he said if it was easy everybody would do it and it wouldn't be worth anything and i think that applies to franchising whether you're the franchisor or the franchisee Mm -hmm. if it was just going to be a walk in the park and we make it as easy as possible of course but if it was going to be a walk in the park nobody would pay you to do it they would just do it themselves right and so uh, understand that we're always going to be facing challenges it's easy to get upset and stay frustrated but cooler heads will prevail Uh, make your mistakes you know, say you're sorry where you need to uh, pick yourself back up and get back to work. Uh, ultimately it's the only way to succeed.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, that's brilliant. It sounds like your dad is a, is a wise man. That's, that's <laughs> important. My dad gave me some tips that I still use today as well. That's right. Well, that's wonderful. Well, um, and I'm going to come back to you guys just in a second to kind of see if there's any final thoughts or any things you want to share. But David, while we're on the subject of, uh, of, growing your brand and everything, what's a good website that folks can look at if they're interested in learning more about Code Ninjas?
0: Yep, codeninjas.com.
1: Wow, that's nice and easy to remember. <laughs> Perfect. And, um, and folks, we'll put Code Ninjas we'll logo on our Fight for Your Franchise Challenge Wall of Fame as well, and you can click right on the link and it'll take them take you right to their franchise page. So that's another way to get there, but go to codedinges.com if you want to learn more, see if there's territories available in your area. Uh, but folks, we're going to go ahead and get ready to wrap up the show here. And as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, we're at the tail end of the Fight for Your Franchise Challenge when we started this uh, about three months ago. We, we started it just to come up with a way to help our franchisors and franchisees around the world get through this time and uh being that we're franchise bible coach and that's kind of in our wheelhouse we've been coaching franchisors and franchisees for decades we thought well sometimes um, as a business owner you just need a coach in your corner and so we've been helping out with uh, franchise uh franchisors and franchisees over the last several months by offering some free video coaching and some uh articles and some podcasts and just bringing in experts like David and, and other franchise or franchisee experts and consultants and, and just bringing resources to bear so that you had everything at your fingertips uh, to get through this time, not only survive, but to thrive as a, as a business owner. And, and the great news is we've had a lot of great stories of folks that have come through and, and uh, kept the, kept fighting the good fight and they're coming through this thing. And I know we're not out of the weeds yet, but we're certainly getting there. And a couple of exciting things to let you know about. We've had some folks ask us, uh, you know, how do we how do we stay involved with Franchise Bible Coach? Uh, one is to participate in our free community, which is the uh, which is on the easy to find on our website. You can just join our Facebook group, and and uh, that's franchisors and franchise owners that uh, can participate, ask questions, and our coaches participate as well. If you want to get a franchise Bible coach of your own. Uh, the easiest way to start with us is to join our membership. And now the memberships are available. We're offering a, a 50% discount uh, for, uh, for a bit of a period of time here to get started. So it's really affordable and you can have access to our monthly uh, group coaching. We're going to have two different groups, one for franchisors, one for franchisees. And so we can uh, offer some resources and ideas there and answer questions and help there. And then we also have my free video coaching, monthly video coaching that goes along with our franchise success plan. So we'll uh, be focusing on different topics throughout the year to kind of help you focus. And those could be marketing or it could be technology. And it just gives you kind of a high level, best practices in industry, uh, best practices and proprietary strategies that we throw into the mix to help you uh, succeed and grow as a franchise uh, professional. And then, of course, discounts on other courses and things that we offer as well as, as um, some, of the, uh, some of the other options that you might look at. So, folks, participate if you'd like on that, uh, on that level. You can find us at FranchiseBibleCoach.com. And we have an exciting uh, live event with Entrepreneur.com coming up on Monday, the 29th. And then we have a financial guru uh that's just amazing that's going to be talking about the economy and the future of franchising and the future of business and also a really uh amazing franchisor that's going to be sharing some thoughts and ideas there so join us on that one but uh, i'm going to go back to uh rob and david see if you have any final thoughts before we wrap up the show so rob
2: yeah well again technology is a passion for me and i was uh, sharing with david earlier that I think most of the the largest companies in our economy now are technology driven. And and David is, and his network are are training up our kids uh, to be ready for these new jobs that don't exist yet.
0: Uh,
2: and, uh, getting them ready to think. So I think that's amazing. It's great. It was great to have you. Thanks, David.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. And just so you know, we're now on a full family uh, coding center. So with code ninjas pro and code ninjas junior five to 105, uh, years old so go ahead and if you'd like to take part in some of those and you'd like to learn yourself now's about now's the best time to do it so got
2: it
1: nice oh perfect well that sounds like a great program and uh much much success to you and again folks if you want to get a hold of them and learn more about code ninjas just go to codeninjas.com or click on the logo on our website and uh once again folks keep fighting the good fight uh We'll be here if you need us, and just go to FranchiseBibleCoach.com dot com to learn more. And we'll see you on the uh, see you on the inside. I'm Rick Grossman, signing off for Franchise Bible Coach Radio Podcast with Rick and Rob. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye.